Welcome to The Road Back to You. Looking at life through the lens of the Enneagram. My name is Ian Cron. And I'm Suzanne Stubiel. And we are glad that you're here. are lucky ducks this week because we have cindy morgan and andrew greer with us two of our good friends yeah i love cindy morgan and i love andrew greer and they are two of the finest singer songwriters in nashville and they're with us they are with (laughs) us today and one easy to get them either and half of them are from texas (laughs) yes yeah, yeah, but the other half are. But I am sort of surrounded <laughs> by people from the south or the south. Was I, I? But I'm from Southern Connecticut. And I just want to know if that counts for anything. It counts for something. You do. You do <laughs> seem to have zero. an affinity for for Southerners. I do. What is what is that? I don't know, but I, I do know. love Southerners. I know what it is. What is it? It's your anagram fourness. Is oh, that what it is? Yeah, yeah. gotta have some charm, <laughs> Southern charm. Thank. Hmm. Feelings. Think about that. All right. So the four is. Go ahead. Tell us about fours. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She already did, which is that we're very hard to understand. <laughs> it's hard to get our hands around it. Fours is the most complex number on the enneagram. Mm. Um, they are uh, maybe close to being addicted to their feelings. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are in the heart triad. Mm-hmm. Which is the relationship triad, right. which would mean that um, it would be comforting to them to be with Southerners who are generally more in touch with uh, comfortable ways of expressing their feelings. Oh, really? Then, then New Englanders. You think New Englanders are kind of stoic and cold <laughs> and distant? Is that what you're saying? No. Because you'd be right if you were to say that. Yeah, but I'm not from there, so I, I wouldn't say that. Oh, you know, you can only criticize where bless you're your from. Heart. Mm-hmm. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. where you're from. Mm. So, you know, what's interesting today is um, we have two fours at the table. Cindy mm-hmm. and I are both fours. The romantic. So what? So what? We have two twos <laughs> yeah, at the table. Right. We have two twos <laughs> from Texas. at the table. Oh. So, and two I don't to the know. second power is four. <laughs> and four to the second power is eight. <laughs> eight. <laughs> oh, Jim's oh, right. so eight. Sixteen. Sixteen. Oh, is it 16? Yes. Yeah, okay. it's so 16. I had math one four times. So. <laughs> Did you? Ah, I took one. math eight at SMU three Come times. On. Three times. Okay, and here's feeling, what I figured. Hold on. Um, you don't need it. I know numbers yeah. one through nine, and I do the and Enneagram. That's, that's all I need. Okay, it's working I'll, for you. I'm feeling the ladies' luncheon coming on. I think you guys need to, <laughs> y'all need to wait, because Andrew and I are that's going right. out for drinks, except I'm in recovery for 27 years, and that won't end well for Nashville. Okay. I want to talk to you all about Cindy uh, Morgan. Um, really such a storied career here in Nashville, both as an artist and as a writer. Two-time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love on you here. You ready? A two-time Grammy nominee. She has 12 Dub Awards. Mm. 13. 13. Ours made 13. Ours. Oh, did y'all hear that? I was, I was, you know, just that part of me that wanted to be seen was hoping like, <laughs> hoping like heck you would mention the fact that we won a yes. double awards together this year. Actually, I just rode on the, your coattails. No, you didn't. On, into mm-hmm. that thing. We need to tell that story sometime. That's a good story. That's a good story. Um, tw- this is amazing. I don't know if you knew this. You ready? 21 number one hits. Oh. I haven't written 21 songs. 
<laughs> 21 number one hits, including, uh, but, and she's written with folks, including, you know, Rascal Flats, right? Or they they cut a song of They cut of a mine. song. Yeah. Well, and that's no small that's thing. That's great. Yeah. Michael Oops. W. Smith, Natalie Grant. We go on and on. And of course, I, she's got a book called How Could I Ask for More? She talks about her life growing up in Kentucky. And good Lord, that's a very moving book. So, I mean, just really multi-talented. And of course she is, because she's a four. <laughs> <laughs> you want to tell us about Andrew? Okay. Hey. okay. All right. Let's get academic. So, <laughs> Andrew is from Azel, Texas, which is really close to where I'm from. And uh, while we're academic, let's talk about your book first, and then we'll go into music. So, Transcending Mysteries. What, do you know what that means? Do I know what that means? Yeah, we were talking about how the editors chose that title. I don't exactly know what that means, but the subtitle explains it all. Who is God and what does he want from us? And so uh, my good friend, a singer-songwriter friend of ours here in Nashville, Jenny Owens, and I wrote a book kind of looking into the story of the Israelites, looking into the Old Testament, which is a difficult thing for a lot of us people who um, love Scripture, and seeing if the characteristics we found of God in the Old Testament actually mean anything to us today as uh, New Testament disciples or even just as spiritual seekers in you know the 21st century. So we tried to have a discussion, not dictate the whole thing, which was very much what I love, you know, to, to be able to dialogue without feeling like we have to have an answer. Okay. Can you, can I just say something? We just, we, we've got a new book out, right? Mm. Yes, we do. Because now, you don't notice that that was what very smooth, <laughs> yeah, right? Was the road back to you, an Enneagram journey to self-awareness and, you know. Uh, yeah, whatever that stuff. is. And, but did you just hear how articulately he just described his book and so concisely and, and beautifully, we are never going to be able to do that with our personalities. I believe you could. Whoa. Oh, just for our audience thank you, to know, thank you. he pointed to no, 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 Suzanne, no, no. not to Ian. Oh, That's I feel good. like something's missing. <laughs> I feel like something's Suddenly. missing inside. I'm a four. <laughs> it just aggravated the missing piece in my heart. Thank you so much. Oh. I'm going to go downstairs and do a Kurt Cobain. All right. All so, right. Meanwhile, we feel good. Uh, we do feel good, but I want to talk a little bit about Transcending Mysteries because I think uh, a huge problem for us culturally is that maybe the church let us down just a little in not teaching us to live with mystery. And I don't think you can transcend what you haven't lived with. So I'm very intrigued by the idea of how to live with mystery, which you talked about when you said we don't have to have answers. And that's real important to me. And I think one of the things that helps us transcend all of that head stuff. So in Enneagram language, we would talk about that in terms of being a head triad, a heart triad, or a gut triad. And so you have to do something worship-wise or with music. Somehow you have to get to head, heart, and gut, or you haven't reached everybody. And if you're not careful, then people in the head triad, which is not anybody at this table, <laughs> can uh, have their whole experience of God be a head trip. And then the mysteries kind of get set aside or intellectualized to a point that they don't affect your life unless you learn to let them. So here's a quote that's from your website that I really love where you said, um, hymns are true to my human experience as my own catalog of songs. And what I love about that is that for us 
as the number we are, all four of us really, in the feeling triad, hymns take us home. They don't take us to another place. They take us home. And then from home, we know who God is. You want to talk about that a little bit? I think, you know, Cindy and I have lived inside hymns uh, for years. Well, we, we all have if we have experience with the church, especially in the South, mm-hmm. us Texans, mm-hmm. but, you know, in Kentucky. And uh, I think hymns, I actually think hymn writers were much more comfortable with living in the experience of mystery than we are today. Mm-hmm. And perhaps, that, perhaps that's because hymns uh, were not motivated by a paycheck, were not motivated by um, a need to be a hit. They really were motivated by um, a desire to connect, a desire to connect us to each other, to connect us to God. And in, I feel like, in our connections with each other and with God, if we're authentic with those, uh, they are 100% mysterious while also revealing things that are true. You know, so uh, I, I just feel like my dad, I grew up with a dad who's a therapist. And so he came home every day not being able to disclose the details of his work. But having lived in a lot of mystery, we, we lived in a very small community, he knew most of the clients that came through his door. And then he heard these um, these struggles, these challenges, these difficulties that had no clear answer, but they were looking for guidance. So in our home, we were cultured to uh, be open to the fact that we would not receive every answer on this side of life. And I think hymns express that very, very well. You know, right now there's a lot of talk floating around from people I love and and books that are coming out that I think are very good about substitutionary atonement. And I'm not a theologian, so I'm I don't I, I just can't go there. All I want to say is this. When I start reading the work of some of my friends who are writing about substitutionary atonement, I can kind of lean into that, but then it was uh Lent. And I found out I, I can't give up any of those hymns. Mm-hmm. It's like no matter what's happening in my head, I can't give up the songs that would would perhaps not fit new understandings around substitutionary atonement, which I think is talking about the fact that we've learned to be comforted by something that we haven't thought about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, Cindy, mm-hmm. I want to, sort of pose a, a thought to you about okay. being a four and, and an artist and about hymns. And, and I've seen you perform many, many times. And uh, since we share that kind of four mm-hmm. um, in, uh, <clears throat> connection, and here you and I are inside this heart, this, this, this heart feeling triad, like you guys are as twos, um, but you guys connect with feelings of other people, right? Like you're, you're, you're outwardly focused. You're, you're very attuned to the feelings of others, but a little less in touch with what your own feelings are. Whereas fours are exquisitely attuned to our own feelings. And, uh, I was thinking today about how for fours, we have so many feelings there. Then they're so almost kaleidoscopic and, and always rushing us that it's almost like music for, for you and I or mm-hmm. artists in general, it's like you run out of words. You know what I mean? And so you got to find some other way to get those feelings out. I'm just wondering mm-hmm. how, and I know the Enneagram is relatively new to you, but mm-hmm. you know, you use a four, like what, how do you 
Yeah, tell me about the interrelationship between what yes. you know of fours and, and being an artist. Well, uh, when I first heard about fours um, at at the workshop that that you guys did at Telemachus, right? That um, yes, which was like such a great surprise because I didn't really know what was going to happen, <laughs> but. Um, you know, as as you were talking about what fours experience in terms of like, you know, like a roller coaster of emotions, and um, I was just like, my whole life flashed before me. I'm just like <laughs> thinking about how I would always be in this like the pit of despair, you know, yes, yeah. and then I'd be like on the mountain, and it was just yeah, always, all the same hour, oh, all over the place. Five minutes. All in the same five minutes. You know, right, yeah. exactly. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. and um, and I remember a few years ago thinking, I don't know why I'm like this, but I've got to figure out how to even out my emotions because honestly, um, you know, being in the music business, touring, like nothing goes the way it's supposed to. Mm. You know, everything, you know, all your insecurities and, you know, like just there's no comfort of like things that are always the same. It's always different. And so you're always going through this like, you know, roller coaster of emotions. And I, I just had an awareness a few years ago that I have to figure out how to even this out. Like I have to infuse some things into my life that even out this because I felt that it took so much energy out of me, mm. you know, um, to just go through all those emotions all the time. Now, I don't know if that is neutering to who I am. Can I say neutering? Uh, <laughs> well, you can say it. Okay. You can definitely say it. <laughs> it opens a door that they, so they're not looking at you for saying neutering. They're looking at me like, don't you add on to that. Oh man, you have no idea where that could go. Yeah. I'm definitely storing spaded. Oh. Yeah. Spaded. Oh man. So you just said that the two Texans are gonna be working that working that like a pony okay. at a birthday party Do for the next it. thirty minutes. Which one is which? Which is neuter, which is spade? Which applies oh. to a girl? How about just negating? Negating. <laughs> Such a better word. I think that might be okay. a safer way but to But you go. know what I'm saying? I yeah. feel like it's it's like am I like less me because I'm trying to, you know, to kind of even out this per, you know, my, my personality that I'm naturally drawn to. Right. Um, uh, you want an answer? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> here's what I think. I, I, I don't think you're less you. I think you're a more organized you. Okay. So um, you were in Dallas not too long ago, and uh, Joe and I came and took you from your hotel so and great. took you home with us, <laughs> and we wonderful. had some time together. It was wonderful. And um, you left us with... Um, the new recording. I don't know if it's new. Some Glad Morning Hymns mm -hmm. and Spirituals. Great and, record. Great record. Oh, my gosh. Well, Joe and I uh, are listening to that every night as we go to sleep. Mm -hmm. You replaced some Benedictine monks, and it's a, it's a oh, good change for me. Man. I like the Benedictines, but, you know, it's just a nice little variety. And um, you have a song on that album, and the name of the title of the song is Worry. Mm. And I am of the Enneagram school that believes that a whole bunch of people in the world are sixes. Maybe as many as half the people in the world. Maybe not, but lots. And that song is so good for them. Yeah. And it's good for me in relationship to them. So to circle back to you wondering mm -hmm. about whether or not you're 
equalizing. Is that the word we decided to use? Sure. <laughs> equalizing yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. I think what you're doing is, in fact, um, I think you are uh, representing more than yourself. Okay. Okay. Hmm. So my dream, as we've talked about before, is that we'll have a song ultimately for every number. Mm-hmm. And we could never top worry for sixes. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. in fact, why don't we right now, you guys, would you be willing to yeah, play let's the do song it. Worry? Because I love it. Time of me. 
I remember the first time we heard that song. Remember that in Florida? And you were, yeah, we were kind of like holding up our, you were holding up your hand, two hands going six, six. And I was like, yep, that's the soundtrack for a six's life right there, right? That's Worry. It. And, you know, we were just talking about. Uh, and somebody in the room, you know, in Florida, when she was singing that and we were doing this across yeah. the room. And some, one of those young adults came up to me at the break and said, I, I, how come I only got a two? <laughs> <laughs> I said, it's not diving numbers, yeah. it's Enneagram numbers. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, that's oh, awesome. Oh, that is funny. Now, you know, so you're a two, Andrew. Yes. Cindy, you're a four. You're both in the heart feeling triad. And uh, so here's my question for you. How do you guys work together? I mean, you're on tour all the time. How do you compliment each other? <laughs> right, and how... Why are you like, asking that question? Oh, because yeah, I want the smut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear what's going on on the bus. Well, as a two, the wing is... I think you're doing it because you're <laughs> about to be touring with it, too. Well, okay, so I am looking for a little bus, maybe. Well, I mean, you're the one who asked for two buses. I didn't one ask for, for you and one for me. Well, I just asked for a private bus for Joe and me. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and that's reasonable. Thank you very much. Oh, plus okay. we're two. We're going to we return to this. Feelings. We all, we're going to return to this. So you'll feel my feelings from the bus behind you. But I just want to know what. Well, yeah, what's the dynamic like? You know, I, I think I, I, I'll speak first, okay. but that probably shows my tuness. I don't know. Um, I feel like it's been very complimentary. In a lot of ways, we've learned a lot about each other. It's been very good for me as a single person. I think Cindy, as a married with kids, is more understanding of different personalities. And I, I think I'm not necessarily. I am used to my style and my way. But being a two, and from what I'm hearing, I am always listening and hearing for other people's feelings. And I, I don't know. Cindy, what I love, I grew up with a mother who's very straightforward, who is not concerned with her feelings, who's not concerned about putting her feelings on others nor taking on everyone's feelings. So actually, maybe you did all your equalizing before we ever worked together because I, you know, thought of you a lot like my mother, though you're not old enough to be my mother. Thank you. Which then means... Thanks for clarifying. I'm probably, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which means I have a crush. So it's, it's, it's really right. I am old enough to be your mother. Does that mean you're never going to have a crush on me? Oh, Aww. no, no. Okay, let's, no. let's just deal with that a little bit later. <laughs> okay, okay. Not with that silver hair. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, you had to mention the silver hair. But it's beautiful. I like it. I love no, your you hair. You don't understand. Like Texas, young Texas men are very... Draw, it's like the Emmy Lou effect. I mean... It's like a beautiful oh. mane, you know. It, you feel both nurtured and cared for and a bit, you know. That's sexy. all. I do all that with just my hair. You know. <laughs> you know. It's Emmy Lou and Paula D. No, Paula I want to, oh, that's right. She'll make oh. me biscuits in bed. <laughs> okay, so I want to tell you, this is, I, I don't want anyone to hear this as being name dropping because you can meet a famous person in Nashville. In fact, we're with famous people today, but you can meet them, you know, every 15 seconds. Well, one night I, I got invited to a birthday party, and do you know, do you know Dave Perkins, guitarist uh, Dave Perkins, I know who, great, yes, great yes, guy, yes. right? So we, we walk into this birthday party, 
And uh, it wasn't it wasn't a huge party. And he's sitting there, standing there talking to someone. It was kind of a dark room. And I went up to him. I said, "Hey, Dave." I gave him a hug. And he looks at me. He goes, "Ian, do you know Emmy Lou?" <laughs> and I looked over, and there was Emmy Lou Harris. And I I just almost said to her, because it's the honest to goodness truth. I didn't, but I but I could have, because it would have it would have hacked my wife off. And I said, "You know, Emmy Lou, if anything ever happened to my wife, God forbid." I want to marry you, and I just need you to know that now. <laughs> she is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her cheekbones. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, just beautiful. Yeah, so I got to drop a name, you know, and, and there you go. That's yeah, it. that's I'm, good. That's the most impressive name you could drop at me. That's all my right. all-time <laughs> favorite. That's his, that she yeah. has communicated to me more, that uh, wide vibrata. And oh. I, I first heard her out in West Texas where I grew up, and that voice oh. with, the, with the horizon of Texas, it just had this marriage that... I mean, it just blew my heart up. Red so. Dirt Girl. Yes. Life-changing record. Yeah. Life-changing record. Yes. All right, now, Cindy, now, we've heard from Andrew. What do you, what okay. do you think the, the kind of the dynamic yes. is a four and a two is for you? Okay, well, I, I kind of feel like that uh, what I learned from Andrew, uh, like, first of all, Andrew is very organized and much more than I am. And mm. so you always, you always make a plan plan way out, which, and really he tends to, on the road when we're all traveling, he tends to take on the responsibility of everyone. He takes care of everyone. Um, you know, he does, you know, and, and he's highly aware of, of what's going on with everyone. And, um, and he's very straightforward. And, and I mean, it's just for me, because I'm a, I'm an, introvert and I like when we get to the gig and I kind of want to hide from the promoter and just like stand in the corner and like tune my instrument you know (laughs) and Andrew's over there talking to the promoter and making friends and and um and so for me it has been an incredible comfort um his you know his personality type against mine has been really great and um and I've just I'm grateful for him just being so just aware of everything and all the needs. And, you know, he always makes sure we have thank you notes that we fill out after the shows. And, you know. <laughs> that is so funny. I, I'm grateful for it. But you were one, uh, one time we had a conflict on the road. I mean, we've had small little conflicts here and there, but they just breeze by. But one time, I can't remember what college we were at, and it she was fine with it. I mean, she was like, it's okay. We'll be good, you know, and whatever. And I'm just like, we're about to go on with the show, and I'm – I don't know what to do with exactly. myself. I, we yeah. can't do that. Yeah. We can't do that. No. I don't you probably don't even remember it. No, but I remember Piano Man. Do we have time to tell him about Piano Man? You sang Man? Piano Man? No. <laughs> do you remember, Sing do you remember yes. Piano Man? Yes, yes. So, oh, we did. Tell us. Yeah. So we did okay. a show in down downtown Nashville at the Methodist. Yes, at McKendree United Methodist yes. Church, which is very downtown kind of urban influence, whatever. And they do a they do a homeless meal. And they restore, yeah, they, yeah. homeless men and women can apply to literally be restored back yeah. into Yeah, life. it's a great program. Yeah. And so we were downstairs singing while they were eating, and then we were going to do kind of a, you know, a formal kind of show, a Hymns for Hunger show upstairs. And so there was a piano in the corner, and there was this, this guy who, you know, walked over who was obviously one of the homeless guys, and he started playing the piano. And he was incredible. We just sat there and, like, you know, watched him play, and the McCrary sisters were on the bill oh, that night with us. Yes, yes. And so then, this legendary, legendary, gospel, kinda, you, know, you know, five sisters. So, y- okay, you want to pick it up from there? Uh, okay. 
There's that one wing. There's that one wing. Four. I thought there were five that well, night. Weren't all five of them there that night? Maybe we're including ourselves, but we. Uh... <laughs> it's yeah, bad so... math, but I think that would make six. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, I tested in the calculus. So. Uh, the uh... oh, <laughs> tested in didn't take. Oh well. But yeah, so that night, uh, Cindy said, "Well, we have to have him sing tonight," and I'm like, "No." Play and no. sing. Let's have him play no, and sing. We're not this gonna is have, what we're this about. This is like such you know? a crapshoot. No, it's not going to happen. It could be a complete bust. He, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, and so I don't like that. And uh, she said, "No, you got to trust me. This is the right thing." Sure enough, I said, "Fine, I trust you." I said, "But if it's a bust, I'm, I'm sitting down. Like I'm not <laughs> taking any responsibility for this." You invited him up, piano man. Piano man. And one of the McCrary sisters had gone to school with him like 40 oh. years before in high school. She didn't know it until he walked up. He did stay for the show, walked up to play, and she said, whatever. She said, Robert yeah, or whatever. I know you. They embraced yeah. right there on stage in yeah. front of So, I mean, here and, we are. And then he started playing. And then the McCrary's, the sisters, they're so in tune to each other mm -hmm. and their voices. And they started singing like, and like they knew it was like he was playing Amazing Grace yeah, or something. Or something yeah. But they started singing with him while he played this like very Ray Charles, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was like it was like one of the best moments of my life, you know. But it could have been <laughs> terrible. Yeah, Andrew was right. It could have been terrible. But, but I, I was like, I moments. felt like if we don't risk yes, it, we have yes. to risk it, you know. She was waiting for transcendence, Suzanne. <laughs> okay, well, here's where we are. I can't stand for us not to get to continue. So we're going to continue after they sing for us. But I want to throw in one little Enneagram thing because that's my job. Mm -hmm. With fours and twos, yes. we share a line on the Enneagram. And we cannot do without what the other one teaches us, which is what makes you and I good partners in work. And it, it's what makes you two good partners in work because fours are almost always focused inward mm -hmm. and twos are almost always focused outward. And for you to do the creative work that you do, Andrew, mm -hmm. you have to have some four energy and yeah. turn in. And for you to do what you do for people and for you to know them well enough to write to them about them, you have to focus outside sometimes. Yeah. So it really is a good, good combination for the creative kind of work that we all do. Okay, so can I just, I'm sorry, Jim. Jim Shapey, <laughs> our producer, is about to have a stroke over there. I can see <laughs> he's got veins sticking out of the side of his head, but I'm going to go for this anyway. I would say one more kind of add on to that that I think is great for you and I and for these guys is uh, fours withdraw. Mm. We, when things are going on, we, we just tend to withdraw. Um, and go inward, you know, and you all move toward people. Yeah, we cover we move, for you. We and move greet away the and you all can, can cover for us because, you know, especially when things aren't, aren't great, man, like I'm like, I withdraw, I go away. I, Annie says, you know, like when you, the old fashioned TVs, when the little, when they turned it off, it went down to that little dot in the middle and then it disappeared. She goes, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, goodbye now. The little, down the little thing, and then it goes, like that. Man, we've, we've loved being with you guys. Uh -huh. Can't wait for the next show when we're with you again. Absolutely. Oh, of course. Can you close us with a yes, song? What is, what song is it? Could we do an old hymn since we're sure. talking about this hymns for hunger thing? Uh, yeah. What about leaning? Okay, leaning. Mm, yeah. Ooh, let's lean. Let's yep. lean. It's great.
Guys, that was absolutely extraordinary, and we are so glad you're going to be with us on the next show. I would just add to that that the Enneagram is all about us learning to lean on one another because we all have different gifts and different graces. Bye. You've been listening to The Road Back to You, looking at life through the lens of the Enneagram, produced by Jim Chafee, and our engineer is Brad Bass. Our theme music is provided by the band Waterdeep from their album, Moment, written by Lori Chaffer. Please visit our website, www.theroadbacktoyou.com, for news, more podcasts, and a list of our public appearances around the country. And you can order our book, The Road Back to You, an Enneagram Journey to Self-Discovery, at Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And listen, y'all, you need to come back next week because Cindy Morgan and Andrew Greer will be here again. Y'all come back now. That's what they say in Floyd Data, Texas, isn't it, Suzanne? That's right. See y'all later. Bye.